got this message the other night. I, I waited and waited. You said, I like to get my messages earlier in the week. I love to get my messages earlier in the week, but I don't get the... Now do I sound like Helen? No. <laughs> I, I pray and try, I, I love it when God gives me a message on Monday so I know what I'm preaching all week. He gave me one earlier in the week for Thursday, and it was one that stomped on everybody's toes. Even mine, he stomped on my toes first with it. It was about sin and how we can be led astray by small sins. And start, it may, may not start out to be a sin, but something that's just idle and keeps us, gets our minds off of God, or gets our eyes off of God for a little while. And it may be just something that's innocent to start with, but it leads us away from God. And uh, last week was on the Holy Ghost, and this is kind of goes along with both of them. Uh, God woke me up at, I don't know what time it was, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning yesterday, I think it was, and I said, bam, that's my message. When he spoke to me, he spoke to me in the Spirit, not an audible voice. Uh, Christian is a word that is commonly misused. Every one of their brothers says they're a Christian. All the time when I work on the assembly line, and everybody says they're a Christian, but their fruits don't show it. It says, the Bible says, don't judge a man, so I'm not trying to judge anyone in here. But you can see, obviously, their fruits don't show that they're a Christian. Yet they say they're a Christian, but their life doesn't reflect that the way they're living. I looked up, I took the time this morning to look up the word Christian for you. It means, and it, this is out of the Bible dictionary, an adherent or follower of Christ. And the definition of adherent means sticking, holding fast to, growing, of or fused together. So we're growing together, we're fused together with Christ. Remember the word we had last week, fused out of the Amplified, talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, when you're infused with the power of God. And so if we're infused with this fallen of Christ, we're, we're, we're seeking it out daily, all the time, always we're looking forward. We're looking forward to the Word of God, we're praying to God, we're seeking His answers in our spirit, we're looking for these things continually. Not just when it feels good or when it's a, when, it, when we feel like it's appropriate. We don't just do it in church when we come in here once a week or so. But we do it all the time or when it's convenient. You know, a lot of times we catch flack for it. A lot of times we catch flack for being, I don't cuss and I don't look the same as the people at work here. I don't look the same as people wherever I'm at maybe. This word Christian is used three times in the New Testament. And every time it was used, whether it was referring to someone by name or whether it was referring to someone by their title, they were loyal to Christ. All three times it was used in the Bible. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus said unto these disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You know what happened right before this? Everybody familiar with this scripture right here? They were there and Jesus had asked them, Who do you say I am? Who, who are people saying I am? They said, Well, you're, you're John, you're all sorts of people. They said, That's why he was looking at Elijah. But he said, well, I say that you're Christ. Peter said, I say you're Christ. And he said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. For, the, you know, God revealed this to him. He listened to the Spirit and he heard this from God. Well, then he came, Jesus starts talking about his death on the, on the cross and how he was going to have to be killed on the cross and how he was going to die for mankind, right? Right after this. And it, it was within two paragraphs here, Jesus is scorning him for saying, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, to scorn him. And it reminded me of my life so much. I can be so on fire for God and some little small thing come up. Not, not necessarily a sin, but this week we got into, we're putting a pool up at our house and we're building a deck at our house and doing a bunch of dirt work and stuff. And my eye got on what I was taking care of and what I was trying to do and I wasn't paying attention to God like I should have been paying attention to Him. You follow me? Anybody else do that ever? That happened to It's always lonely up here. I'm probably the only one, right? That happens to <laughs> 
Then Jesus said unto his disciples, so, so Peter, or Jesus tells Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're being a stumbling block to me right now because I've got to do what God's called me here to do. I've got to do what God's called me to do. You get behind me. And then he goes on to tell him, then Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So denying ourselves, that's what we have a problem with a lot of times, right? Yes. Yeah. We think we're going to deny ourselves of some kind of fun or something, right? I'm going to miss out on something with my buddies, out chumming around, piling around with them. Shouldn't, it shouldn't be a sacrifice. We should live in the presence of God all the time. The Bible says in his presence is the fullness of joy. And if you're living in his presence, in the presence of God, you have joy. You have peace that surpasses understanding. You have contentment. Yes. Amen. What in this world is worth losing that for? What's more important or more, more satisfying than that? Joy and peace and contentment. Because you can have all of, the, all of the monetary things in the world. You can have all the friends in the world. But you might be looking over your shoulder. You might not have that joy and that peace and that contentment that you have through that relationship with God. And living in the presence of God all the time. Yeah. Seeking God out in everything you do. I said on Thursday night, is God in the middle of everything you do? Is he in the middle of everything you do? If he's not, you're probably messing up. If he's not, even if, even if it's not necessarily a sin what you're doing, but if you don't have God right in the, in the center of it, you're making a mistake. Amen. I've already blown through half my notes. <laughs> Mark, Mark, 10, 7, or Mark 10, 17 through 22. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeling to him, and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that, may, that I may inherit eternal life? Everybody knows the story, right? The rich man, 18 says, And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud, not honor thy father and thy mother. See, we try to make it about rules a lot of time. And he answered and saying unto him, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, way sell whatsoever thou hast, and give it to the poor. And thou shalt have treasures in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. What is worth losing this with God for? What is worth that? You see, the rich man might not have even had to give up the material items. He may not have had to give those things up. You see, God called Abraham and told him, go down there and take your son and get your bundle of wood. And take him down there and make you an altar and sacrifice him. Kill him. And what happened? Abraham didn't have to kill Isaac. He had to just go down there and be prepared. Be willing to be obedient to God and be willing to have God as number one. God as the first priority. That's all he had to do. Be willing to do that. And put his son down on the altar. He had to make the altar. He had to go through the actions. Put his son down on the altar. Draw the knife back. Was ready to slay his son. To do what God said to do. And be obedient to God. And then God provided See, he told this rich man to sell all your goods and give them to the poor. Now, if that rich man had been willing, God doesn't want us poor as Christians. He doesn't want us to be poor. He wants us to be blessed. Doesn't he? He has over 3,000 promises in this book. And they're all blessings for me. That I, that I own. I already possess them. They're already mine. All I have to do is claim them. 
All I have to do is take them. Is they're already mine. He's already provided those things for me. So if this rich man had sold his goods, or at least been willing to sell his goods and provide them to the poor, do you think God would have showed up right on time? In God's timing, you get where I'm going with this, and He would have provided for the poor. The rich man probably wouldn't have had to. Doesn't say that in the Bible, but I'm reading it here a little bit. Um, so we, we make it about material things a lot of times. The pool and the deck this week really got to me bad. This pool we put up, it's 18 by 33. It's pretty good size for above ground pool. We got it up and started putting water in there. And it got a couple feet of water in it. We came back outside the next morning and three spots of the line were pulled out. So we, it, we, it was a used pool we got from my aunt. And we switched from a beaded liner to an overlap. We had, didn't know we had to get a different kind of clip though. So we took the thing back apart, put this in here. It, it consumed my week, a lot of the week. It consumed a couple days, good days. And I don't like swimming pools anyway, unless it was because I love my wife. And I'd have been fine without it. I, I, I still know there's going to be more and more work involved in it. Because the thing's never ending. Keep going. Anyhow, got my attitude bad a couple times, too. Amen. <laughs> so I got my eye on that thing, on the material thing, right? I'm, I'm saying this. I'm opening my mail a little bit because I know we, we're all the same. We're all humans. But I got my eye on the material thing a little bit, and I got my eye off God. And, and not that it's a sin to have a swimming pool. Or the sin to do these other things that we were doing. But when you're not having God first, when you don't have God first in your life, that's where the, that's where the stumbling block rises. Oma, Brenda has talked about this to me several times. Her aunt Oma came to say she had a wreck right out here. Most of you know, I think, right out here at the stop sign. She was coming to the Christmas play here. And she broke her neck and her pelvis and it messed her up pretty bad. Well, she was in the hospital for several months. Then she went to long-term care. She came to our house after that. Brenda was taking care of her and everything looked to be on the up and up. She was getting better. She was getting around with the, they gave her a big walker, like the wheels on it when she got to the hospital. She wanted to, she wanted to get rid of that thing and she could walk with a cane. She was just a little bit unstable. Brenda took her to Walmart. They were getting out and doing things they probably shouldn't have been doing. She was supposed to be homebound, but they were going out shopping and stuff. And uh, Oma went into, I'm not blaming this on Brenda by saying that, but they went into Walmart and she sent Brenda around the aisle to get, everybody know the story? Sent Brenda around the aisle to get to get her look at the cane and see what they had, and Oma was looking at hair care and stuff. And her trach rubbed a hole in her artery, and her her artery ruptured, and she drowned and bled out and stuff in, in the aisle at Walmart. Right? We never know when our last day is going to be. That could be me or you today. But guess what? Oma still had things laying at my house with the price tag on them. Those material possessions didn't mean a thing yeah. when she stepped out into eternity. And we're all going to step out into eternity. Those things are going to mean nothing to you then. The thing that's going to mean something is the time you spent with God. Yeah. I didn't say that to bring up a, a bad subject. My wife has talked to me about this several times. It really spoke to her about Alma having all the... And, and it, was a, it was a positive thing because Alma probably wasn't living right with God before the wreck, but she had time to reflect on that. And she prayed and she got right with God through this whole process. And she would come to church and stuff through the process. But she... It really, it really spoke to Brenda that her stuff was still laying there, the price tags on it, and how it was just small things, hairspray and some things, but they meant nothing when you step off into eternity. Um, Colossians 3, 1 through 10, this is in the Amplified today. <coughs> I have a lot of scripture today, but God gave me this message, and I felt like I needed a lot of scripture to back it up. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead. Aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. 
Everybody knows what he's talking about there. Once you've been saved, Christ has already died. You see the right hand of God spiritually. We're there with him. So get your mindset. Instead of having your mindset on the worldly things, have your mindset on those of, on, on those things that are in our future. Of our, of our possessions we have stored up in heaven. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above the high things, the higher things, not on the things that are on this earth. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died, and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. So kill, deaden, deprive of power the evil desire lurking in your members. Those animal impulses and all that is earthly in you that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, and all greed and covetous, for that is idolatry. And define of self and other created things instead of God. What's going on in our country right now? Come on. <laughs> this looks like it mirrors us. Go ahead, sis. Or not sis back there today. He's a male. <laughs> it is on account of these things, of these very sins that the holy anger of God is ever coming upon the sons of disobedience. Those who are, and I don't know that word, absolutely opposed to the divine will. Among, among whom you also once walked when you were living in and addicted to such practices. That's where we all came from, right? Yes. We're all sinners saved by grace. But now put away and rid yourselves completely of all these things. Anger, rage, bad feeling toward others, curses and slander, and foul-mouthed abuse and shameful utterances from your lips. I'm going somewhere with this here. I'm just not reading a bunch of scriptures. Do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old, <clears throat> unregenerated self with, with its evil practices. You have clothed yourself with the new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remodeled into fuller and more perfect knowledge, upon knowledge after the image, the likeness of him who created it. What's he saying here? He's saying live a holy and sanctified life, right? Put these other things away. Put them away. When you get saved with God, you rise up with Jesus. Don't think about your lusts and your, and your things that you lived in before. Don't, don't dwell on these things. But instead, dwell on God. Dwell on Jesus. Be about the Father's business is what he's saying, right? Isn't that what Jesus said? That's how he put it? Yeah. You think that's enough? You see, a lot of times as Christians, we come, and we come from addictions, and we come from sexual things, and we come from everyone has a familiar sin. Everyone in here that can hear me has a familiar sin. And it doesn't matter if we live for God for 25 years, that familiar sin will always be set there waiting on us. There's proof of it in the Bible that's biblical. It says the, the spirit was cast out of the man and it came back and brought seven others. That spirit was always waiting on that man. If we don't fill our body with something else, you see it was a clean house. And it was swept clean and it was put back in order. It says God put that house back in order. Well, that spirit was out there wandering around and it came back to that man and brought seven others worse than he was. So a lot of times as Christians, we think about, I'm not doing the big sins. I'm not doing that big thing anymore. I'm not doing meth anymore. I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not doing the sexual sins anymore. Right? But we forget about the little sins. 
We forget about the small things. It's all black to God. Every one of us, a lie will send us to hell. Yeah. We consider a little white lie, it's not a bad thing. So when we give up all these things that we consider as sins, is that enough? Are we doing enough to be Christians? To be able to call ourselves a Christian? Do we look like the people on the line next to me? You see, just because I'm not cussing, and I don't smoke anymore, and I don't drink anymore, I don't have the obvious fruits coming out of my life, is that enough? God spoke to me this morning. I was laying right here on my face on the floor and said, I need to have a more active role. We need to have a more active role, not a passive role. Yeah. He called you to be his witnesses. That's right. When the holy boldness came upon you, we're going to get the boldness by being infused with the Holy Ghost. But he called you to be his witnesses. Mm-hmm. Do you think they had to ask Paul if he was a Christian? Or Peter? Did they have to ask them if they were a Christian? No. 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 It wasn't just that they weren't doing anything that was wrong, but they were boldly professing who they were and what they were and what God's done for them. We should be professing what God's done for us everywhere we go. That's what being a witness is about, right? You don't have to know this book from the front to the back. It's nice if you do. I don't. Maybe I'll be there in 30 or 40 more years. I study it all the time. We don't have to know that from the front to the back, though. All we have to do is tell people what God's done for us. Be reading your book, studying in your book, asking God for revelation of it. The Bible says that God, the Spirit, will quicken you at the very time you need the words. He'll, He'll bring things back to your memory that you've read years ago. Right? Or that he spoke to you years ago. He'll bring that back to your memory at the very time. But you have to be willing to step out there. You have to be willing to be obedient. When the Spirit speaks to you and says, give that person a hug. I'm not a big hugger. That'd be really strange for me to walk up in a gas station and hug someone. But if he tells you to do that, you get what I'm saying. It may not be a hug. It may just be talk to someone. Talk to the person next to you. Right? We have to be willing and obedient to do those things. When the Holy Ghost comes across... Onto us, he gives us a boldness. He gives us that boldness to be able to step out and do these things. We had, we, we, I preached, no, we, I preached on the Holy Ghost last week. We had a couple people filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues last week, baptized in the Holy Ghost. That gives you a boldness when that happens. A boldness, we need that. We need more of that. We need more people baptized. I pray that we have more services like that. Yes, amen. Can I get every head bowed there very close this time? Steve, can you go back and get my mom? We need her, we need them out here now. This message spoke to you. If you need to be more bold about God, if you need to be take some more steps to be able to call yourself legitimately a Christian, if you can be a better Christian, can I see your hand right now so I can pray for you? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands all over the place. I'd put both hands up. Thank you. Hands all over the place. And not that you may necessarily be doing anything wrong, but we can all do better. If we ever are content with where we're at, you're deceived. You are deceived if you think you're good enough. You'll fall. The Bible says, be careful who thinks he can stand on his own. Basically, I'm paraphrasing, lest he fall. Can we just go to God in prayer this time? This message I can see spoke to other people besides just me. Father, I thank you for this day, Daddy. I pray that you would touch your people today, Lord. Soften our hearts today, Father God. Let this seed get down deep in our heart, Father God, and take root, Father. I pray that you don't let us forget about this message when we walk out of here today, Lord. But let it grow in us, Lord. Let it flourish inside of us, Father God. Lord, cause us to be hungry for your word, Lord. Thirsty, Lord, for more of you, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would teach us, Lord, each and every day, Father, to be better, Lord, and be in the light and the salt of this world for you, Father God. Teach us to be your witnesses, Lord, more boldly, Father God. 
Lord, I pray that you would shut up a fire in our bones, Father God, that cannot be contained. It only spreads, Father, when the wind blows, Dad. I pray that you cause the people of this church, Father God, to have a hunger, a hunger, Lord, to be baptized in your spirit, Father God. To be baptized in your spirit, Father, so that we have that boldness, Father God. So that we can go out and spread this word, Lord. So that we can be key to changing this town around, Father God, and the counties around us, Dad. I pray this to you in Jesus' mighty name, Father. Amen. 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 Thank all of y'all for coming out. I have, we have a few people that have petitioned the church for membership. You can go ahead and kill the projector.